Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, it's Tuesday the 6th of August. I'm Jules Breach. He's Andy Brassel and this is Jules and Andy on Football Ramble Daily. Harry Maguire is the world's most expensive defender after joining Manchester United from Leicester for a record £80 million fee. There's been no hot water to get showers and obviously we've still not received any money, um, any wages and no indication of when we will be getting any wages. Andy, hello. This is nice. This is new. Isn't it? How exciting. Daily shows for Fresh, Football Ramble. Freshness for the start of the, the season. How does it feel aboard the Good Ship Ramble? It's so nice. It's so good to be here. Nice to chat football every week. Nice to just, yeah, just be here talking about the things we love talking about. Well, they've let me up from the pantry of OTC <laughs> to the, the proper galley of the Football Ramble proper. You get a Tuesday. Yeah. Is that nice for you? Yeah, it, it is exciting. I, I do like to uh, show some signs of life shortly after the weekend. Well, so, actually, uh, speaking of good. life after anything, life after holiday for you, you've literally walked in straight off the back of your holiday literally an hour ago. Yeah, I have uh, first uh, sprint for a train of 2019-20, uh, <laughs> just as it's been an abrupt return to work for me. I guess it's kind of the same for these Premier League clubs because unlike the rest of Europe's big leads, Transfer deadline day is upon us already. Second year in a row that it's happened. It was weird last year. And I don't think anyone knew really what to make of deadline day this year. It feels really soon this year as well, doesn't it? It feels really soon. I mean, I was 
out of the Women's World Cup as well. So mm. I, I had that kind of month in France. So for me, the break has been quite short. I love sob story already. I've not had enough time off. <laughs> uh, but seriously, it, it feels like it's come really quick. And for the, the window to be closing in just two days time, it feels like everyone's going to be scrambling around for these next couple of days to try and get things done. Do you like the fact it's earlier? I, I don't particularly. And I don't know a lot of supporters out there who do. I mean, it doesn't directly affect me or my club because I support a League One club. Yeah. Uh, and and they, they get a little bit more grace. Um, but it does all feel a little bit sudden and rushed. I, like I said, I don't know a lot of supporters in favour of it. On the other hand, I think for coaches... It's terrific. I mean, it's, it's funny. I think especially Andre Villas-Boas at Marseille, he was saying the other week, uh, I think just last week, yeah. it'd be brilliant if that happened for us. Lots of coaches all over Europe, all over Europe's biggest leagues, are very, very envious of Premier League coaches. Yeah, um, actually, the Birmingham manager said at the weekend, he said, you know, he quite likes the fact that it's earlier, but he said he actually thinks it should be even sooner. He actually, Pep Clote actually was quoted as saying, I'd quite like it to be July. Because then you've you've got a whole month to actually work with those players before the season actually begins. So I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that would kind of mess around with players' contracts a little bit and stuff like that. But I actually don't mind the fact that it's that it's closed before the season starts, mainly for my fantasy team because it means <laughs> that I haven't got to worry about anything once the season gets going. But yeah, I don't I don't mind it to be honest. I quite like the fact that it'll all be done in a couple of days and we don't have to worry about all of these kind of speculative transfers? Because there's been a lot this summer, hasn't there? Yeah, I, I suppose so. Um, but I, I guess that it's just rethinking the way that Premier League clubs do business, really, isn't it? Because especially with Premier League clubs, we know all big transfers are, are protracted affairs these days because um, you have several agents, there's such an enormous amount of money involved. There's the sense from clubs all over Europe that they can have their big payday mm. from Premier League clubs which Premier League clubs you know don't particularly like but sooner or later they're, 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 they're going to cave um, but, but I suppose it, it, I, I think it's, it's caught a few clubs by surprise and I think it yeah. will continue to catch a, a few clubs by surprise maybe that means an intensification of transfer deadline day because you know we've had quite a few so. damp squib transfer deadline yeah, days in, in recent years there's been a few rubbish ones hasn't there uh, and I, I don't know I, I think this this one might be quite exciting I mean we've had a few big moves already right I was going to say do you think that actually the window closing earlier perhaps inflates prices even more because Clubs are thinking, I need to get this deal done. Maybe I'll raise that price a little bit more. Maybe they're going higher than they initially would have done. Yeah, to get maybe, a deal done. Maybe, maybe. Um, I, I think we know that Premier League clubs will will pay it in the end. Yeah, because they have to. And you know, you can't turn around and plead poverty, can you? <laughs> exactly, it, it just doesn't work. Well, the big one's done. The one that everyone's been talking about for yeah. the last week: Maguire from Leicester to Manchester United, eighty million pound move for Harry Maguire, the world's most expensive defender now, Andy. It's crazy money. Yeah, I, I wonder how long that will last. I mean, there's still this perception that there's an incredibly limited supply of great centre-backs, particularly at the moment. Um, I, I'm not sure if that's particularly the case. I wonder if just our understanding of what a centre-back actually does is is changing. You know, you think of headers, tackles... You know, it's, it's not the be-all and end-all in terms of what a defender is nowadays. Mm. I mean, with Maguire, his big thing is, yes, he is physically imposing, 
but he's a prince on the ball as well. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. That's something that's really, really important, especially for the biggest teams. And yeah, we're going to throw Manchester United in there as one of the biggest teams. They're still we one of the biggest to. teams. We have they, to. They, they certainly have pretensions to be, don't they? So, I mean, it's a signing that they definitely needed. I, I mean, I tend to think that a lot is made of the fee as well. I mean, you know, it's, it's a example I've, I've, I've used before. Of course, the fee's the headline. I understand that. But on the other hand, the fact is he's not going to be the highest earner at Manchester United and he's a player they they definitely needed and it's it's a bit like I don't know Antoine Griezmann like a lot of people going oh my god they spent Atletico spent all, all the Griezmann money, yeah. money yeah. on Joao Felix who's just a teenager with one season of proper first team football behind him but actually because he's earning a quarter of the wages in fact a little less than what Griezmann, that's the repeatable expense, isn't it? So that's really the big deal going forward. So they'll feel they've got an all right deal out of that. I think the thing is as well, like you mentioned with the fees, is that it just becomes, that's what it is nowadays. 80 million Mm. is what you'd pay for one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League. Mm. There are all these direct comparisons being made to Virgil van Dijk because of his huge fee that Mm. Liverpool paid. Do people even remember that now? Do do, do people even think about what they paid for him as being part of how you assess him. I don't think they do, do they? I don't think they do, but I think that maybe the reason why with Maguire and his fee, the reason why so many people are talking about it and comparing him to Virgil van Dijk is the reason no one really talks about van Dijk's fee anymore is because of how good he's actually been for Liverpool. Mm. And actually, it was worth the money, Liverpool fans will all say, won't they? And, And that's why no one talks about that fee anymore. However, with Maguire, will he have the same impact that Van Dijk had on Liverpool? But so what what does he have to do? I mean, I would I would say quite a lot of what Manchester of where Manchester United need to get is like beyond his control, really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think Daniel Story was writing um earlier this week about the fact that Manchester United had their longest odds to be champions of the Premier League era going into last season, seven to one, they're forty to one this year. Wow. So, so what what impact can Maguire actually have that yeah. people will say, oh, he's been worth it? Is that Champions League qualification? Or because uh, I think that would be a pretty reasonable return from this season for Manchester United. Oh, that'd be a good but, return, but, yeah. But will people think that's enough? Will people think Maguire smashed it if they've made it into the Champions League? The England star has signed a six-year deal at Old Trafford. Maguire says the move is an incredible opportunity and he believes Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is building a team to win trophies. Another one of the big completed deals, of course, we presume there'll be more later this week, is Tottenham mm. breaking their transfer record for Tangi and Dombele, who I think... I love be, this signing. I, I think it'll be absolutely fantastic for him. Yeah. I, I've seen a lot of him for, for Leon. He's a player who always turns up and bosses it in, in the biggest matches. But in a way, it's kind of turned into a stick already for Pochettino to beat Levy with because it's been very, very tense over the last couple of weeks. And it's rather than relieving the pressure on Levy and him going, look, I've spent some money for you now. Yeah, exactly. He's been like, well, all right, where's the rest of it? Yeah. I've got some of it. I know you've got money. Yeah. Where's the rest of it? I think Spurs fans will just be relieved that after two windows of not signing anyone they've actually brought someone in who's not just any signing but a really really good one who I think who arguably bigger clubs wanted exactly and he's young as well which is I'm not saying for I'm not saying arguably they wanted him I'm saying <laughs> clubs that are arguably bigger wanted yeah. him yeah do you think that Spurs can challenge for the title this year I think they're in a position where the top three are looking at being discernibly better than the rest 
which I don't think is such a bad thing. I know that's not really answering your question. I'm being a bit sneaky about it. Come there. on, Andy. But, but I do think that the, the top three are going to be a, away from the rest, which is a huge start for Tottenham in the place that they are at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think you look at, say, say Arsenal signing Nicola Pepe, which... I think is a hugely exciting signing. He's been enormously impressive over the last season and I a just, half. I love how excited Arsenal fans are about that one. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like when Meza Özil signed. It's it's like, well, he's oh, we've we've, we've signed him. Where's he going to go? Yeah, What's the team going to exactly. look like? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? And you know, fans have every right to feel like that. Obviously, I think a lot of Arsenal fans are still very nervous about how they're defence looks like oh, and you know, defender, uh, some sometimes when a when a player that you think is going to make a massive impact is available. You think, you think oh, let's just get him and work out the, the details later. But I do think that part of that signing is influenced by the fact that if you're Arsenal, if you're not United, if you're Chelsea, you think, the others don't look all that. That fourth place is up for grabs. Let's just go for it. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about what's happening lower down in the leagues and also some new law changes coming to the Premier League this season. They're going to flick the ball up to try and play it off a defender's hand. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You know what? It doesn't just have to be about what we want to talk about. We want to hear what you want us to talk about as well. Uh, so send us correspondence. Tweet us at Andy Brassel, at Jules Breach. And we've got an email as well we for longer form questions, Jules. We've got our own email address. I love it. Uh, Jules and Andy at footballrambledaily.com. Again, just straight to the point. Nice oh, and easy. I feel part of the firm now. I know. I love yeah, it. It's pretty good. We've got our own email address and everything. So yeah, make sure you send in any ideas, anything you want us to talk about, any funny stories. Anything that's happened to you at the weekend, we'd love to know. Well, in a football maybe. context, do I? Do we want to know? Like, if you got locked out of your house, I mean, <laughs> there's nothing really I can do about that. So, my car got stolen while I was on holiday. Oh no! Oh, really? that wasn't fun. Came back to us to no car. 
Anyway, well, enough sorry of to, me being a victim of crime, but... Well, yeah. I, I don't know, because I, I suppose you could argue we're going to talk about some victims of crime. Yeah. Barry and Bolton supporters who are enduring a miserable old start to the season. Bolton have been allowed to start their EFL campaign, mm. at, at least. Um, we, we know that they've had um, dreadful trouble in terms of uh, ownership and um, they're starting the season with a 12-point penalty, as are Berry, And Berry haven't in, even been able to claw any of those points back because they weren't allowed to start their, their league campaign because they weren't able to prove solvency and sustainability uh, to the end of the season, to, to the EFL board. Their second game has been postponed as well. It's so awful, they're in this horrible purgatory at the moment. I and mean, in terms of fit and proper person tests for, for owners... Um, I mean, there are questions over who might end up taking over Bolton, but clearly what's happened with both of these clubs, clubs with huge EFL histories, whatever the EFL is doing is not working for them no. at the moment, is it? It's just really sad. I feel, I just really feel not only for the players who are particularly at Bolton, who they're, they're owed five months wages at the moment. They haven't been paid since February. And I think a lot of people think, Jules, that it's it's fine that like all footballers can afford it. There are a lot of footballers who can't afford it. And of course, there's the staff as well. There's, yeah. there's the people who work in exactly. the ticket office, people who work in hospitality, all of These those. These people all have families as well. They've got children, they've got wives, they've got, you know, some some of these people, their, their families actually rely on them because yeah. they have to help them out. And you, I just really feel for them because when you've gone that long without wages, obviously, you know, a lot of these players will have will obviously be putting money aside for their futures because a football career doesn't last that long. But that's for their future. That's why they're putting it aside, not for the here and now. So you just mm. really feel for them. Five months worth of wages that they're, they're out of pocket at the moment. They don't know if they're coming or going really. It's just it's just a bit unfair. And then it's really unfair on the football fans as well. If you're a supporter of Berry or Bolton, I just really feel for you right now. Yeah, it is tough. Um, I think we have to think beyond the clubs a little bit as well because I think the EFL's got a responsibility not just to the clubs and their supporters but to their communities as well mm. because, you know, you, you bear in mind that eventually when there's a, a, a takeover and they come out of administration, um, the Bolton players will get their money, for yeah. example. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's there's an offer made to the creditors um, the secured creditors, and there are some who just don't get their money back. I mean, mm. you know, you, you forget this, don't you, that there's maybe a local sandwich shop who's provided 10 grand worth of sandwiches to, to the club. If they don't get their money back, no. they, 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 they go under. I mean, I kind of wonder, I, I mean, no one wants to see clubs go to the wall. But on the other hand, I wonder if clubs... And, and this situation is happening far too much, a cut too much slack. And it's often forgotten, I think, when mm. clubs go into administration, the effect that has on local businesses. I was chatting to a friend um, like quite a long time back, actually, um, Gary Andrews, who's an Exeter fan, about how when Exeter came out of administration and were run by their supporters' trust, they found it very difficult to get any sort of trust or confidence from the local community yeah. because they'd screwed over local businesses or the previous administration had screwed over local businesses to the extent that, 
you know, local businesses didn't want to work with the club. Their name was mud. I mean, one part of this, you look at Berry and where they are at the moment. I mean, obviously, Bolton are in a grave situation and have been yeah. for a while. But you look at Berry, and already there are supporters talking about starting a, a Berry Athletic or an AFC yeah. Berry. They've almost accepted, starting, starting they? from the beginning. And maybe yeah. maybe they'll have to because it's 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 such a deep hole because it's it's is so solid. They've almost accepted now. I think the fans that there's probably going to be a time where the club doesn't exist anymore. And that's that's so sad when that's mm. a team you've supported for so many years. You already mentioned the history that both Bolton and Berry have. But also for the fans at the moment, it's it's kind of the fact that they're, they're kind of just sitting there waiting yeah. to hear. And they've got lawyers that are kind of posting messages on their website saying this is this is the latest. And yeah. I mean, what are you going to do as a fan? Just keep refreshing that page and hoping for some good news. It's just, yeah, and you've just had, awful. You've, you've had that Bolton squad list where they've got mm. like sort of, they've had like six or seven players on it for for, for most of the summer. three senior players played against Wickham at the weekend, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think nuts. at least you know now, I would say, and if, if Barry are getting to the point where they're, they're, they're starting again, that it, it can be done. Like you, mm. you see AFC Wimbledon, for example, my team who are, but you know, people like the FA talked about a, a new club, a AFC Wimbledon or a Wimbledon town, as they called it at the time, would not be in the wider interest of football. You know, mm. and that's an incredibly famous quote mm-hmm. amongst Wimbledon fans now, because I think what Wimbledon have done has been in the wider interest of football. The idea that fans can get together and formulate a sensible business plan yeah. and use people's different skills and you know, work to a budget mm. and not have to borrow, borrow, borrow. I mean, like I think everyone knows about the Wimbledon story, but like more broadly, mm. I mean, you've supported a, a football club that's you know been through the ringer when yeah. it was in, in in the EFL as well. I just wonder if there's just so much of a culture where, and I'm especially looking at Berry here, where overspending is accepted. And maybe we as supporters have a responsibility to to ask more questions. I think everyone knew uh, Barry didn't have the money to yeah. to put out the team that they they did last mm. season, and you know it's it's effectively cheating, isn't it? Because yeah. you know that you can't pay these players eventually. I think and like, it... like you know when you've got like say um, an alternative model, like when we saw the Potsos taking over Watford, Watford for yeah. for example, and like people like Ian Holloway, someone who I, I admire greatly. I don't know if it was like a, a lack of understanding at what they were doing, but the way that the Pozzos were sharing resources between um, Watford and Udinese and Granada, who they still owned at the time, to me, that seems like a thinking outside the box, mm. um, resource sharing model. Whereas like, like if, if someone had come in, bought Watford and spent 150 million on the team, no one would have batted an eyelid. No. So I, I wonder if that's something ingrained in our culture. If we're fine with yeah. we're fine with overspending to, to get to the next level. I think you're right. And obviously Berry fans last season, you know, after getting promoted, that's such a it's such an amazing feeling as a yeah. football fan for your team to be promoted that that's all you want. That's all you kind of strive for. Every club mm. wants to win their league or get promoted unless obviously you're in the Premier League, you want to win the league. But that's, as a football fan, what, you, what you're looking for. That's, that's the feeling you want. But at the same time, I think that if your club is in a good position and, and you have stability, that is in a way almost equally as, as satisfying. So what was the point as... As a Brighton fan, Jules, where you thought it's going to be all right after the Goldstone and Gillingham and with Dean and a long time. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm too young to was remember the... the Goldstone days, but obviously I, I, I know the 
the complete backstory of it. I was yeah. only about 10 years old around the time that was all kind of happening. But now it's a Nando's. Right. There's a Nando's there where the Goldstone Ground used to be. I drive every, past it all the time. Every cloud has a silver yeah, lining. No. Great chicken. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of weird because, you know, the generation above me, my my dad and my uncles and, you know, that kind of generation obviously all went there and watched games. And it's weird. It must be so weird for them to drive mm. past there and now see a Nando's and a TK Maxx. Yeah. But, um, yeah, obviously I started watching Brighton when we were at the With Dean. And uh, even then, I mean, that was just after the the ground sharing at Gillingham at mm. Priestfield. And obviously the Withdean wasn't a great stadium to play football and it had mm. an athletics track around it. And actually for years was where I went to the gym. So I literally yeah. used to run on the treadmill and you could look down and see the state. It's just weird. It's just not, it's not right, is it? Yeah. So I think when Tony Bloom took over the club, it's been around about 10 years now, I think. Around, yeah. I think it was about 2008, 2009 that Tony Bloom took over. And... I mean, what a genius with what he's done at the club. The, I mean, now the facilities that we have down in Brighton, The, I mean, the stadium is brilliant. And it's been, oh, when did we move in there? About eight years ago, I think, 2011, I think the move to the Amex was. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it's taken time. And I think that after back-to-back promotions and then, then obviously it, it, it kind of, went a bit downhill again and mm. then Chris Hutton came in and I think the four and a half years that Chris Hutton spent at Brighton he really stabilised the club and I think it was around then that it kind of felt right this is yeah. now we're in a good position now and obviously promotion to the Premier League that is one of the best feelings you can experience as a fan Yeah I mean I I, I imagine when Wimbledon move into Plough Lane that'll be the one that'll feel better than any of the promotions, you know, there've been a lot and a lot of significant ones in recent years. But I I remember vividly the last time that Wimbledon played at Plough Lane. I was 14. (laughs) I lost 3-0 at home to Crystal Palace. And Ian Wright, who I now know quite well, scored a (laughs) hatchet. Wow. Which is is weird. Yeah. I mean, that that will be quite emotional. Like, I have to take my kids, even though they're not that interested in football. Are they not? Because I think... But, you know, they don't mind it, yeah. but, but but they're not they're not super interested in it. I mean, they're, they're still relatively quite small. But yeah, I, for for them, it's quite important that mm. that they sort of even get a little taste of 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 that feeling. But look, we we, we hope it comes right for Barry and Bolton and all, so. all the other supporters who've been led down various paths mm. by 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 shysters in 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 charge of clubs. My priority is. Not to win friends and influence people, but to save a football club, which are doing a pretty good job of, I think. I guess one thing that's going to change about our football watching experience this season, Jules, is the fact that there are going to be rule changes. I mean, you know, there are rule tweaks all the time. You know, it's not something you can nail to the wall, the, the, the rules of football. Um, but, uh, you know, there are a few things that... that people are uh, aware of obviously VAR is coming in in the Premier League this season. oh I don't know if I'm a fan or not I keep changing my mind yeah kind of like it go back and, and watch it again it. and then decide yeah I hate it and then I love it and then I'm like yeah yeah that was good that was good for us oh no that's bad for us now so I can't make my mind up on it but I think it's going to make it it's going to be an interesting season with VAR yeah well you know especially with the handball rules which people have been over it again and again <laughs> do you understand and again it yet and again yeah, I, I think I'm 98% of the way there. I can't I wait feel... for all of the pundits on TV this year and radio to 
talk about the natural silhouette. Oh, yes. I just I can't wait for all of them to start talking about this natural silhouette. There isn't sounds, one, is sounds, there? It sounds balletic. Yes. It seems, it seems as if we should be talking about Zinedine Zidane <laughs> if we're talking about natural silhouettes. Um, but I, I know you're a, 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 the queen of fantasy football. <laughs> so Apparently. The, 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 the question is, I mean, oh, well, it's not really a question. You're going to have Luka Milivojevic in your, in, Absolutely. In your team, he's aren't there. you? He's there. He's there. It is really he depends. Be, is he going to be a 25-goal top scorer is what Probably. I'm getting at. If Zaha stays, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Star Stays staying in my team. There's gonna be a lot of pens, right? Honestly, he was straight Certainly in my basket. He was he was one of the first players in my team because last season, obviously, you know, we've known for a while now that VAR's coming in and straight away you're thinking, all right, well, if I'm stuck between a couple of players, I'm gonna pick the one that's on penalties. Because naturally, I I I mean, actually, when you look at the stats it didn't change much in the other leagues when VAR was no. brought in, did it? So no. when we might all be completely wrong and I might have a Crystal Palace player in my fantasy team for no reason, which will hurt me. <laughs> but at the moment, it's fine. He's staying. If Zaha stays at Crystal Palace, then I'm keeping Luka Milivojevic. I do think there are going to be penalties because I think with any law changes, with any rule changes, with something like VAR coming in, I think it's going to take the players a bit of time to adapt and get used to it. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm showing my age here, but I remember the back pass rule coming in <laughs> in, in 1992. And yeah, there are a few gag goals where, pe- where goalkeepers realised at the last minute yeah. that they couldn't pick it up yeah. uh, back back then. I mean, I suppose we've ha- we're having the most significant change for goalkeepers since 1992 in that now the they can... Kick. Yeah, the goal kick is live the minute they touch it. So it doesn't have to leave the penalty box. See, I think it's quite good because it encourages teams to knock it about. Now, I, I suppose people will look at Gareth Southgate's England and yeah. have a little shiver at the moment. But I, I think it's quite decent because for me, the back pass rule is against decent football because, it, well, well, it certainly was at the time, mm. because it encouraged defenders to kick it in the stand yeah. to be safety first. It encouraged goalkeepers to kick it in the stand. I mean, w- when we were talking about this before, you were making the point that, you know, goalkeepers have completely evolved and they're expected so. to be proper players I now, think so. Just the right time for this rule? I think it is the right time for this rule. I think that it, there's been, it's been a while now, hasn't it, since mm. teams have been encouraged to play out from the back. And since, you know, you look at goalkeepers and you, you kind of judge them based on, but, but can they play out from the back? You know, can mm. they play that style of football? And I think it will encourage it more. And I think that goalkeepers will have to be possibly trained and coached differently now with these kind of rules coming in so I think it kind of paves the way for a new style goalkeeper yeah Uh, I mean mean, we're already I like it we're already halfway there aren't we my favourite of the new law changes is is uh, that if a player gets substituted they have to leave the pitch at the nearest point and now not at the halfway line they don't have to go off at the halfway line you know I I know know a lot of overseas (laughs) overseas <laughs> players who really who play in the Premier League are quite nervous about this. Really? Because they're like, well, the, the thing is that the, the, the stands are so close to the pitch in England, especially if you're away from home, you've got to walk past like thousands and thousands man of up, fans. Man up, man up. If way. you've been subbed, take it like a man. I, I don't know. No? Maybe, maybe you should get given a, a, a special <laughs> coat or like with a hood or something like that so you don't you don't have to do you know what i think it's gonna be funny with with this with this law is i think it's just basically not gonna make any difference because it's usually unless you're kepper fairly obvious when you're gonna be subbed and you basically just go off so i think that you're gonna know when you're about to be subbed and you're just gonna basically just stand right in the middle of the pitch and it doesn't make a difference 
because you right. you're still going to go off at the halfway line. Yeah, to, to me, it makes me, it, it, it makes difference. makes me think of players who you know when when they've in, when they're injured, yeah, or they, they they have a fit of peak, decide well they know I'm going off, I just walk off now. Yeah. Uh, to, to, which which is annoying, and I, I think that that makes it more easy. Um, I guess the other thing when when we talk about um, substitutions, something that um, uh, my friend Mark Langdon brought up last year, um, which keys into the VIR thing, mm. is the fact that if you make uh, substitutions in reaction to a goal, say for example, if my team, I'm the coach, my team goes one nil up, yep. so I take off a striker and bring on another midfielder mm. or if my team goes goal down and I take off a left back and bring on a striker you can't reverse the substitutions if the goal subsequently <laughs> gets ruled out so you're left in a, a bit of a spot now kind of like that though yeah I, I, mean, I, like, I, I, I kind of look forward to what, that the lotteriness moment. yeah I like, I, I like the fact that there's going to be a few managers kind of sweating over their decisions well in a way we're, we're kind of too pre- fun we're kind of too prepared aren't we in the fact that we have substitute goalkeepers now which means we have far less instances of random outfield yeah player in goal fo- which I quite like football's got too clever lately hasn't it all this VAR you know your, your toenail makes you offside and all that kind of stuff I mean yeah. it's all just got a bit clever Fo- yeah. the, the, the fun and the joy of football is the fact that you go there to support your team and you want them to win. And that's basically the basics of it. Just yeah. watching people run around kicking a ball and being really good at it. I, th- I think part of the fun and the joy of it is being able to take your shirt off if you're going mad when you scored. But, but Can't not, do it anymore. Not only... What, well, you'll get booked. You, you can do it. Yeah. Uh, Keep but, doing but, but, it. But the thing great. is, now, <laughs> if you get booked for doing it, the booking stands if the, the goal's ruled out. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess so it should. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it does make sense. It makes it does sense. Make sense. You can't reverse what's happened, even if you've scored a. You know, I, I think that that actually makes sense, but it, it's still not going to stop them taking their shirts off because we've seen. I mean, they all know they're going to get booked if they, you know, go off celebrating like a lunatic. But it doesn't stop them, does it? Yeah, exactly. And well, that's part of the joy of the game well, is that you. It, I don't think that rule changes necessarily change that kind of moment. Of elation when you score, which no. you like. We, we, apart always, from VAR. we always had that ten seconds when the goal counted <laughs> until it didn't. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Brilliant. Oh, love it. Right. Well, I think that's it for our first one, Andy. I hope you've enjoyed it. Make sure you get in touch with us. Give us your thoughts on anything you want us to talk about on next week's show. We will be back every single Tuesday as part of Football Ramble Daily. Hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. Cheers, Andy. Cheers. Bye. Looking at my shoes, it means speak. (laughs) That's the rule from now on. This was a Stakhanov production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.